All right, we're back on the air. Kimbo Camp for John Kajemi. It must be the Audible, John. That's what we like. It is. Okay, uh, let me remind you, the uh, Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. Save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And let me remind you, you can watch the Audible and listen to the Audible uh, uh, every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFR, CBS4 Miami. You can catch it on all the streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. And, John, we're right in a situation when mini camps are, are, are going on around the National Football League. OTAs are kind of coming to a close, and you've got mandatory mini camps. The Dolphins involved in one themselves, and, and it gives you a chance to look at some of the players. And I think one of the things, John, that we, that we really haven't touched on is talking about the defense a little bit, the, 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 the additions to that defense, what's it going to mean. But most important, John, probably is probably the defensive front and continuing to put pressure on the def on, on the offensive football teams that you're going to face in this, this, this new 17-week schedule. Bo, it seems like it's an attacking style of defense, and it's a very fast defense. And I think that's where the Dolphins changed from two years ago to where they are right now. You mentioned Josh Boyer. You mentioned all the things he brings to the table as a defensive coordinator, all the different sets uh, defensively, guys standing up in a two-point stance along the line of scrimmage. This is a football team that has a lot of options on the defensive side of the football, the way Emmanuel Ogba came on and double-digit sacks and the, the turnovers and Andrew Van Ginkle, the way he was pressuring the quarterback and getting his hands on the football. It all helped that secondary with less time to cover, being able to be more opportunistic, uh, having X get 10 interceptions. This is a defense that ranks sixth in points in the National Football League, just over 21 points a game. If you can keep them to under three touchdowns, the Miami Dolphins have a chance to win in every game. Yeah, and I think one of the guys I look at, I look at Christian Wilkins. You know, here he was, I mean, as soon as he got drafted out of Clemson, comes up and, you know, and, and, and chest bumps to the commissioner. And from then on, you kind of saw the personality of Christian Wilkins. And we've seen it on the football field. He's a, he's a, you know, he's an animated guy. He likes to keep things going, keeps the juices flowing. But he's coming, he's becoming a leader on that, on that defensive football team. And, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's incumbent on him making another step forward this year, both as both from a productivity standpoint, but as that leadership standpoint, being a guy that, hey, look, I played on national championship teams. I played at the highest level. Let's get to that level here with our football team. And, and we got to, we were able to catch up with Christian a little bit and, and, and listen to him talk about some of the things that he's expecting out of himself moving forward. For me, it's just, it starts with just the work, you know, got to put in the work in the film room, in the weight room, on the field. Um, and then, you know, hopefully guys will follow that. Um, it doesn't always have to be a vocal rah-rah guy or anything like that, but really just, you know, um, you know, serving my teammates is a big thing for me. Uh, whatever anyone needs, rookies, older guys, younger guys, they need somewhere they can talk, anything. Um, you know, that's that's what I pride myself on. So definitely just the work leading by example. Uh, and then always you know, just being myself, bringing that energy, bringing that juice every day, because uh, I really do love this game. Um, you know, as much as it is work, it's, it's, a, it's a game and it's a lot of fun. So bringing that energy, bringing that juice and just being myself. All right. So Christian certainly got those thoughts in his mind and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, but he's got to kind of get in there and corral this, uh, this, these, these, this defensive front. And he's been showing his improvement. And if you got a guy showing improvement, getting better, you want to kind of get on that train. You want to, you want to kind of follow his path. And I, and I think he's got the, uh, the ability to lead that way. Lead by example. And I think he's a, a perfect example of that because He's done nothing but get better at rushing the passer, at stopping the run, at playing his position with discipline, uh, getting guys excited on that side of the football. And not only on that side, his plays energize the entire football team. So 
When you've got a guy that is a complete package, a defensive tackle, that you have flexibility with position rotation, uh, there's a lot of good that can come out of that. And that gets contagious along that defensive front. All right, John, we're talking about rotations and everything and all those types of things. Just trying to tell you how I felt about him. One of the guys that's going to be involved in that, we talked about him early, uh, Zach Saylor. He's going to be a guy that's going to be uh, an important, important, important cog in that thing. And he's going to have to get his game lifted up a little bit. Let's hear what he has to say about his season going forward and the way that they're going to use this defensive front. Yeah, we got a lot of great guys. Um, we brought in some really good talent between free agents and rookies. Um, it's just exciting. Uh, we all, uh, it's early, we're all rotating, we're all doing, uh, it's uh, exciting to see where the team can grow to. Um, the coaches are doing a great job of honing in on some things that we, we wanted to improve on from last year and uh, getting each other better. Nothing beats competition. Well, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to, I was actually talking to Nat Moore the other day and we were talking about rotation. And I was going back to, you know, you have different players now. You know, Wilkins, you know, Waquan Davis, they can pass rush. They can give you some pressure. They can do this, but also can give you a pass rush and can, can step out to a defensive end position and play a two technique or three technique, whatever they need to do out there. So that the, the, the skill level is different, which really allows them to really, in my mind, make a rotation, be very, very successful with this particular group of players, hoping that they all stay healthy throughout the course of 17 games. What's well, a compliment to, to what the roster looks like? Because I don't think you could do that two years ago on a Brian Flores football team. Now, in just two short years, you've got multiple players that you have confidence in in any situation. So whether it's Zach Sealer or Raekwon Davis or Christian Wilkins or uh, John Jenkins or, or Adam Butler, who the Dolphins were able to acquire in free agency, you've got guys on the interior that if they're asked to play 20 plays or 40 plays, you feel like no matter who's in there, they're going to give you a, a great effort, number one, but they're going to be also productive and complement the edge guys and complement the coverage. Well, hey, stick around, guys. Uh, we're going to have a treat for you coming up. O.J. McDuffie, one of my favorite players that ever wore a Dolphin uniform, is going to join us. We'll talk to him a little bit about what he expects out of the upcoming season. Well, time now for our sit-down, and who other to have than O.J. McDuffie. The sit-down is, is amplified by Hard Rock Hotel and, and Juice, longtime Dolphin. And, and a longtime Dolphin fan after. And I know, uh, I know each and every day, like, like most of us, you kind of, you kind of, I'm not going to say you live and die, but you certainly wake up and try to see what's new and see what's going on. What do you think about the team right now where we're sitting? I, I think my wife might disagree, oh, whether I live or die about it. You know what I mean? She thinks that every day is like Dolphin Day and, and, yep. and our, our household goes as the Dolphins go. You know what I mean? So as you as you've alluded to, it's going pretty well right now, man. I think the optimism, um, what we're thinking about to happen with this new with this team, is uh is, is looking pretty really good, man. So uh, we're excited. I'm excited, man. You know, I saw you guys on draft day, man, and I can see that the uh, enthusiasm was uh, amongst a lot of Dolph fans, which one I, I am one now, of course. Um, so I'm excited, man. I just can't wait to get it all started and uh, see where we really are, man. Everything looks good on paper, but you know, both of you guys know, man, when, you know, when it gets down to, you know, the, the live action and in between the, in between the lines, that's when it really matters. You know, we uh, just, when you talk about the draft, you went through the draft, the Dolphins, when you look at what they've done, I think they, I think they certainly improved their, their team. I think the day the, on Monday after the draft, they were a better football team than they were Friday or Thursday before the draft started. And I think that bodes well. When you look at this team with this new this new crop of players, you get some explosive players in the, at the receiver position. You continue to get the growth at the tight end position. 
with Durham Smythe, with Mike Gusecki. Um, I would like to have seen the running game addressed a little more, but they did in some way by going back, going with the offensive lineman from Notre Dame, maybe helping that, that group up front. But overall, after the draft, were, were you happy with the picks that the Dolphins made and, and, and the opportunities for some of those guys to really make an impact early and, and needed? Yeah, you know what, man? It's, it's so funny because, you know, everybody – wanted certain players in the draft. We both, we all know different guys. And, you know, you saw different reactions, you know, when certain players were drafted. But for me, you know, I think they dressed a, a couple really big needs. You know, wide receiver and speed for one. Um, when we got Jalen Waddle, you know, Waddle was my favorite receiver going into the season before he got hurt. You know, if it weren't for Jalen Waddle, we might not even know about Devontae Smith. We would, but he wouldn't be the same guy, you know especially when Jamar Chase had opted out. I thought Jalen Waddle was the best receiver in the, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in college football at that point. So getting him was outstanding. And of course we know we had to address the issue and rush in. So getting Phillips in that position was one thing, but when it comes to running backs, you know, well, I, I, you know, I argue all the time, you know, social media, whatever it might be <laughs> with, with any and everybody about when it comes to the running back position. And it's a different position now, as we all know. It's nice to have a feature back I mean, it really is, you know, some of the great teams, you know, the Tennessees have a guy that does it all, you know, but for the most part, it's always been my committee. It's been committee so much lately that, you know, if you can get a couple guys behind a great line, like you just talking about, you know, picking up Liam from Notre Dame and, you know, see how these, 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 these first year guys last year come around their second year this year. I mean, that's really what matters. If we can get, if we can get an offensive line that's solid, Hell, you and Jimmy can run behind. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, don't get carried away, Juice. We're not going very far. Hey, you know, OJ, you're right. You touch upon the running back spot, and, and Tennessee's one of them. It's more of a luxury to have a guy uh, like Henry to be able to count on and do that. But when you take a look at the Miami Dolphins and the way they've assembled this football team, it was fairly easy to go from five wins to 10 wins because of the coaching staff and all the discipline they, they have installed in this football team. But now it's tough to go from, from 10 to 11 to 12. Where do you think this team needs to improve the most to maybe get to that next level? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. I think everybody feels that the Dolphin team is a team that's up and coming and they're going to be uh, ready to play. AFC East has gotten... You know, you think when you lose Tom Brady in the division, it gets easier. But then you got to run into Buffalo Bill and Josh Allen, you know, and those guys. They're they're tough up there. So I, I tell you, man, to get over the edge, it starts on the offensive side. I think our defense is, is gelling at a point where they're going to be successful for us. I think offensively, we have to turn. We've got to figure out a way, obviously, to score more points, long drives, points at the end of drives. Uh, you got to be able to run the ball. And it all starts up front. It's a cliche. But it really all starts in the trenches. And I think that's one of the things that we really focus on the offseason. And, of course, last year's draft, getting some young linemen, some maulers, uh, some guys that can move people a little bit, open up some holes, and stay ahead of the chains. You know, we don't need to be, you know, we don't need two to throw for 400 yards a game. We, we need to be, you know, 275, just under 300 and efficient, be able to run the ball, control the ball, but it all starts up front. So if the offensive side of the ball can get us 24 points a game, I'll take that all day. 
You know what I mean? And of course, after that, you know, we get some 30s and 35s. I'll take those as well. But it starts on the offensive side. And as Tua goes, is how we'll go this year. You know, you you mentioned some of those wide receivers. You talked a little bit about Jalen Waddle and how much you liked him coming out of Alabama. You add William Fuller to the mix. You hope Parker and Williams uh, can stay healthy and be healthy. You've got Albert Wilson coming back and Alan Hearns. There's going to be quite a competition, Juice, uh, not only for playing time to make this roster number one, but it has the potential to create more explosive plays. And that's, I think, what this offense needs. Man, we got faster, didn't we? We got a yeah. lot faster real fast, man. And that's, that's important. And, you know, I think Tua likes to get the ball out to guys right away. If you got guys that can, you know, get the ball right away and make guys miss, that's huge, John. You know, as a quarterback, you know, give a guy a now route and let him go 80, and that looks great in the stat line, right? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just a great thing to have, man. And if we get Albert Wilson back the way we had Albert Wilson a few years ago, I mean, that's just such a bonus for us with all those other guys. Have him out inside with some of those guys that we have outside. Get Preston Williams back playing well. Um, Devontae, of course, talk about Fuller. And, of course, I mean, that's so much speed out there. Man, it's, it's fun to watch. And when you have speed like that, it kind of opens up the run game, hopefully, for us. You know, makes, makes guys back up a little bit. Had to play coverage sometimes, and it hopefully can open up the run game. But, man, it's going to be a situation where we're going to cut a guy that is going to be an immediate impact on another team, in my opinion. Yeah, Juice, you talk about the offensive line. You need to look no further than Kansas City, what happened with them in the Super Bowl. They had two offensive linemen out, and they had backups playing, and, and look what happened to them. You know, they, they, you know it, it just oh. devastated their football team. So when you, when you talk about the offensive line and say, you know, People go, ah, no, nah, that's not important. Well, look back at Kansas City, and, and, and they'll tell you how important it was. Let's talk a little bit about the wide receiver position, though, Juice, and, and, and overall, certainly with the Miami Dolphins, but around the National Football League. Back when you were playing, certainly when I was playing, you know, first down of the game, it was a base formation, right? You know, and you're going to run a trap or you're going to run, a, you're going to run that sweep or, or, you know, do a power play or something. Well, now, you know, now, now – you, know, you, you, look at the, you look at the starting lineup, and then all of a sudden you look out in the field and there's four wide receivers, five wide receivers, empty backfield, all those things on first down. The game has changed from a wide receiver standpoint, and you haven't played that at the highest level. What do you think about the position and the way it's played right now and, and, and how tough it is really to defend the receivers in the game, speaking as a defensive player, because the defensive players seem to be have a lot taken away from him. <laughs> First of all, let me start about how, talking about how jealous I am of these guys. You know what I mean? I mean, we would never – we'd like to put Danny in, in shotgun all the time. You know, but you're right, Bo. First and second down, there's a good chance you're going to get a run on first, possibly on second. Unless, we, you know, we talk Danny into checking out of it. You know what I mean? It gives us a couple little pass plays in those situations. But a lot of base. You know what I mean? Two wide receivers, tight end, fullback, running, uh, tailback. You know, no more of that. You know, even even the tight ends are kind of wide receivers these days, man, which is a lot of fun to even go out there and watch. So, I mean, as a defense, Bo, if you don't have at least three good cover guys, you're in trouble in this league. If you don't have a guy that can go inside, you know, and guard that slot receiver who's making $15 million a year. I hate that part about it, too, because I love playing the <laughs> slot. Um, you're in trouble now. If you don't have a guy that can guard a Kasiki, uh, uh, you know, or the tight ends that are in this league right now. You're in trouble now, man. So it's so much more fun to go out there and watch that. And, and with that being said, as a team, 
you have to have those type of players in those positions. And you have to have those type of players on the defensive side of the ball, you know? So you got to have the, the corners that we have, being able to go out there and cover, especially inside. Inside was so nice. And John, man, being able to eat inside was so much fun because I had a lot of options. Outside, you got to come back. You got to come back. It might turn into a fade route. That's about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, curl route to curl route, no matter what. It might potentially turn into a fade route. Inside, I can go up, down, cross, in and out. I can do all kinds of different things. And if you don't have the guys that can cover that, it, it, it's tough to deal with, man. So defenses now have to have the great cover guys. And a lot of guys have some dynamic guys in the slot. It's a lot of fun to watch, especially when you see tight ends that can run inside. You know, we got some guys that can do that too. But for me, you know, if I was inside right now, Bo, I probably have about 2,000 yards receiving. <laughs> Easy, Juice. Easy. You would dominate. They wouldn't be able to touch you, number one. That's right. Get the hands There's off. No fear. There's no fear going down the middle on that on that skinny post or the seam route. Yeah, how many of these guys got to see a Ronnie Lott, you know, in their lives? You know what I mean? With the ball thrown a little bit high, you know? That was, yeah, that was a little different. Juice, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the schedule, the way it's changed up with only three preseason games. Now you're adding a, a 17th game in the National Football League. Do, do you like it, number one? And do you think that the league's not going to stop there? Do you think it's going to go to 18 and two eventually? Because it, my gut tells me yes. Well, as a fan, I love it. You know what I mean? As a player, I probably wouldn't like it as much. You know, it depends on how they're going to chop up the money for them, you know, because really they're taking more risk. We know how it is. Preseason games, you know, you know, you know, guys like you and Bo, you only play maybe a series most of the time in the preseason. Some probably Bo didn't play at all at times, I remember. You know, he was that superstar, that superstar yeah. status. You don't even get any snaps at that yeah. point. You know, you just wait for the regular season to start. You know, he's playing, you know, even as a rookie, I think Bo was playing against all these, you know, professional players. It's an all-star. You know, he had he had it pretty easy when he got down here, you know, can Jimmy. Hey, so, Juice, you know, I think as a freshman at St. Thomas, I used to go get Bo food in the preseason, bring it down oh, to the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, big timers, man. That's what, you, that's what you do for big timers, you know? That's right. Well, let me tell you this. I, you know, now you, now you threw me under the bus here. <laughs> my, first, my first day of training camp, I came out of the college all-star game, missed, missed first two weeks of training camp, run onto the field. I've never played linebacker in my life. They draft me as linebacker. Bill Arnsbarger says, you ready? I go, yeah. He goes, well, go in there. I go, coach, what do I do? He says, if pass shows drop into a short zone, if run, if run shows, then play the run. So I drop, get out there, and I line up, and I look, at the, I look, and there's Jim Langer, a Hall of Famer at center. There's Bob Kuchenberg at guard. And there's Larry Little, another all, all Hall of Famer at the other guard. And, by, and Bob Grease is at quarterback. Mercury Morris is in the backfield. And all of a sudden, they drop, I drop into a zone. They throw a little, and I, all of a sudden, I see Mercury creeping out of the backfield. I see Greasy throwing the ball, and all of a sudden, I see Cooch, Langer, and Larry Little. <laughs> Next thing I know, Cooch hits me right into the chin with my helmet, with his helmet. Next thing it hits is the back of my head on the ground, and I'm woozy. And the next thing I see, I open my eyes, and there's Bill Arnsbarger over my face about that far from me going, son, in this league, you better keep your head on a swivel. And that was a <laughs> lesson learned from the first play, and I never forgot it. So <laughs> yeah, you're, all, you're always in danger of getting a, of getting a, getting a helmet to the chin. Right, so it didn't even matter about preseason like Jimmy was talking about. It happened in camp in, with, in with, camp. with yeah. your own teammates. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, by the way, Juice, we had six preseason games at that time, so you got plenty of action in them, all right? No, thank you. 
Yeah. Tell you what, man. Well, before we go, before we let you go, I know I got into get. I got to get. <laughs> talk a little bit about the about your podcast, the the, the fish tank. You do it with Seth Levitt, and Seth's a guy's been around the, the Dolphins for a long time, and uh, deeply rooted in that football team. Knows everybody, and certainly you you have all the access and everything that, that you've done. Tell us a little bit about the fish tank and and how people can catch it. Yeah, man. I tell you what, man. It's been it's been such a, a blessing, man, and it's been it's been amazing that. You know, we're now part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. And uh, that um, in itself means the world to me. You know, I'm such a big Dolphin homer myself. And so being a part of the organization again in any capacity was uh, was big for us. But the fact that we go out there and we talk to former players, former staff members, um, you know, former anything that has to do with anything Miami Dolphins. We even talk to some guys that played against the Miami Dolphins, get their perspective on, on anything other than X's and O's. We want the behind-the-scenes stories. You know, what were you thinking about the Dolphins the week you were playing? And so what were you thinking as a wide receiver, you know, when you were out, you know, the club, you had a game or practice the next day, you know? So it ranges, you know, from different topics that we talk about, but it's so much fun to see these guys let loose, you know, let their hair down a little bit and talk about some of the things that, as former players, John and, and Bo, and we talk about all the time when we get together. So we said, you know what, that would be a great podcast Instead of talking about, you know, New England, let's talk about, you know, that Friday night before we played New England on Sunday when you were out doing this or that or you, know, you were late for the plane or, you know, the plane broke down. We had to jump on a bus. Those stories are so much more fun than, you know, some of the other stuff. And so now that we've been a part of the, the Dolphins Network, man, it's been so much fun just rehashing some of those stories and hearing some things that I had never heard before from guys and finding out guys have more personality than you never imagined. We got a few guys that we've already recorded that I never knew had a sense of humor. Uh, you know, we had the Todd Wade. Like Todd Wade, I never thought was a funny guy. We had him singing karaoke on our, our podcast, <laughs> you know, things like that, man. So, yeah, you can find us on all the all the streaming platforms that you have and 1,000% on the Dolphins Podcast Network. Hey, yeah, uh, the other thing, Juice, is uh, before we let you go again, uh, what are you up to these days? I know you got your – you dipped your fingers in the real estate market, and so uh, – uh, you know, let, let, tell us a little bit about, about what you're doing with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, my wife, you know, she's my new quarterback. You know, she's been doing real estate for like 20 years. I've been, I've been licensed for the last four years. And I just follow her lead, man. She's my Marino. She's been kicking a lot of butt. You guys know, <laughs> man, the, uh, you know, the real estate market's been really hot. She's been busy and I've been trying to just keep up, you know. So we've been doing that. Still part of Miami Dolphins Alumni Advisory Board. I still run Catch 81 Foundation. You know, and still the biggest fan out there, man. Still got two knucklehead kids, 19 and 13 now, that I try to keep up with, man. It's it's virtually impossible, man, with my old ass. <laughs> I, I tell you, you uh, and I've told you this before, you, you're one of my favorite players uh, ever on the Dolphins. So uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you again and and see you around. I wish you guys the best of luck in your in your real estate business. And look forward to seeing you, seeing you face-to-face here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Well, we're coming, uh, as, we, as we said, John, we're coming up to uh, mini camps. And, and before you know it, uh, training camp's going to be upon us. Preseason games and the preseason games have all been finalized right now. We know what the dates are. We, we know what the times are. August 14th, uh, they open up on the road at Chicago. 1 p.m. kickoff for that one, Saturday, August 21st. The Atlanta Falcons at home, 7 p.m. And then they'll wrap things up with a nationally televised game at 4 o'clock on Saturday, August 29th against the Cincinnati Bengals. Get to see Tua, Tua against Bo, uh, a Burrow in that one. 
But the question is, John, it's not four preseason games, it's three preseason games. How do the coaching staff go about getting players the reps that they need to be ready when the season comes along? Yeah, I think they got a lot of practice last year at, at really a condensed version of what preparation means in the National Football League. They're going to have three preseason games. Every team will have that, as you, as you mentioned. But I think the dress rehearsal will be against the Atlanta Falcons. So I look forward to that Atlanta Falcons game because you can circle that one and, and really look for Tua to play an extended period of time with a new offense, new terminology, new players at his disposal on defense, new terminology, again, new players getting into a system that you want to run that has been so successful last year. So I think you'll see a lot of that in week two of the preseason. Week one and week three, it's probably a crapshoot a little bit, Bo. You don't know what you're going to get, how long the starters are going to play. But I do think that that middle game for, for every team is going to be that dress rehearsal, that lengthy extension of, of plays for the starters. And, and it probably should be because you need that getting in to a 17-game regular season schedule. And I'm, I'm like you, John. I think Tua is a guy that I'm expecting to see some, some, some really good things out of him. Would you expect to see him just in one game, John, or maybe that first game, get maybe a series and then maybe get a half in the, in the third game? And then shut him down in the in the or in the second game, and then shut him down in the third game. Or you think you'll see you think we'll see Tua in particular throughout all three games to some degree. I think we're going to see the starters for ten to twelve to fourteen plays, probably two series in the first game. If if I'm the head coach, that's what I want to see. I want to get these guys in a game situation, get them out on the field, get them communicating, get certain plays in, and then in that second game, probably go into the third quarter, play three quarters. Uh, if you're if you're to a tongue of Iloa with the starting lineup, but you never know what's going to happen. Probably all dictated by how much work they get in uh, against uh, you know the Falcons, how much work they get in against the Bears in that opening game will, will tell what you do against Cincinnati in that third game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for the Audible today, John. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, that was fun, Bo. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, let me remind you, the Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive dealer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And you can always catch us every Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., WFOR, CBS4 Miami TV. And you can download the podcast on all your favorite favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. For John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. Have a safe week. We'll talk to you next time. And go Dolphins. Dolphins.